0: Man, that's pretty cool. You think you're going to have some decisions to make? <laughs> you got any decisions to make right now? Yeah, y'all, some of y'all are like, dude, I got a decision to make. Whether well, I want to sit here and listen to this or walk out and go to lunch, right? Or whether I want to, like, you know, act like I'm, uh, uh, you know, I know what it looks like when you got the lights on and nobody home, you know? I've seen that look as a pastor for 30 years where you're out there and you're like, I'm paying attention and I call on you you're like, what? <laughs> but here, what do you say when I call on you? What, what do you say? One, two, three. I'll try to f- word the question so it's God, and you, and, and you just know you got caught, but not everybody else does. All right, so life is full of decisions. We've got tons of decisions to make all the time. And, and, and how many of y'all made bad decisions? Yeah, uh, because a lot of times we don't really even think about how we're going to make decisions. We just make them. we like, well, what's the best thing for me to do right now? What, what makes sense right now? How many of y'all made decisions on, Well, look at my consequences, look at what's going on, what makes sense right now to do? How many of y'all make decisions that way? Yeah, the wrong decisions, I'm telling you. (laughs) Mostly, wait till you see this. The way we got to make decisions is not based on consequences, but it's based on right and wrong. We got, my psychic friend, you don't know what the consequences are going to be. If you did, then man, go buy a lottery. Oh, wait, wait, you you guys don't believe in gambling. Just go to the stock market and buy some good stock and then, you know, and, and donate it to the church. Or you guys are taking offerings, right, you know? You need supporters, right? You live off support, right? Yeah, yeah. So if someone had stock money, it'd be okay if they donated some to you. So if you know the future and you can, if you can predict the future that well to know the consequences and be that good, but you can't. That's why what we do know is we know what's right and we know what's wrong, don't we? And God tells us in his word what's right and what's wrong. And I've shared this with you before. Most times, well, this is a gray area. How many of y'all have gray areas? How many of y'all ever, like, convinced yourself it's a gray area? It's not. Thank you. Stephen. keep raising your hand, man. You're the only one with guts. Everybody here's got gray areas. I see it all over their face, man. But you know what a gray area is? A gray area is where you know what God wants you to do, but you don't want to do it. You add a little bit of black into white. Gray isn't made by taking black and adding a bunch of white. Gray is made by taking some, taking something that's right and just tweaking it and adding a little bit of your stuff in it so that you can satisfy you and God so you think. And, and, and a lot of stuff isn't gray areas. You guys know what's right. You know what's wrong. And in fact, in Romans chapter one, if I was preaching the message that I studied all day yesterday, he tells us it's put in our hearts. Every single civilization, every society knows what's right, what's wrong. The similarities between laws of cultures is so, so much the same until man decides he's going to be his own God and changes all of that, which we've done a lot of that in our country right now, haven't we? So life is full of decisions, and we've got to make our decisions based on right and wrong. Let me show you this, and it's going to be out of Galatians chapter 6. All right, J.J. says this thing's working here. Here we go. What am I supposed to be aiming it at, you or it doesn't matter, just aiming it? Okay, so here it is. If you're taking notes, if you've got a piece of paper, make a tic-tac-toe square. Other, otherwise, take a picture of this, especially once it's all done, and I'm going to quiz you on this. So up in the upper left-hand corner is a D. Based on what I've told you so far, what do you think the D stands for? Yeah. Decisions. You've got decisions to make, right? Savannah, you have any decisions to make? All the time you've got decisions to make, right? And with every decision that we have to make, there is a right decision and there is a wrong decision. How many of y'all believe that? You believe there's a right decision and a wrong decision? And even if you don't believe it, it's true and, and and it doesn't matter if you believe it, but you if you will grasp the concept that with every decision it's right or it's wrong. That's what God says. Check this out in a, in Galatians chapter six, starting in verse seven, the very first part. Um, uh, well, there's my outline. With every decision, let, listen to this verse. Do not be deceived. Uh, what does it mean to be deceived? Hey, Bonnie, what does it mean to be deceived? Do you know if you're deceived? Yeah, sometimes sometimes if you're deceived, you don't even know you're deceived because you're deceived. But other people know you're deceived. And so, in in fact, every time Jesus, his disciples asked him about the end times. When are you coming? When is Israel going to take control? When is, when is, when? And what was the first thing he always said? Do not be, take a guess, do not be deceived. Because when Christ comes back, the world's going to be deceived. Deceived is where you believe a lie and and we have the truth so can you tell whether you're deceived by your emotions no can you tell whether you are deceived by your thought process no how about your feelings and your and your desires no but that's what we use to make our decisions so often Our, our our thought process our our desires and our emotions and those are the most deceptive things jeremiah even said your heart is the most deceptive thing What we've got to make decisions based on is right and wrong. Don't be deceived. That's how, so if the world, he told us when he comes back, the world's become more and more and more deceived. So if it's going to be more and more deceptive, we have to bury ourselves more and more into the what? The word, the truth. You've got to know the truth. Because if the truth, you read the truth. How many of y'all ever read the word of God? And it totally goes against the way you're thinking. You better renew your mind. That's what we're going to learn in Romans chapter 12. you got to renew your mind all the time. How many of you ever read the word and God s- said, ooh, that desire you have in your heart is wrong? Anybody? Yeah. How about, oh, those feelings are wrong. That's what Karen, Karen so the whole diagnosis the world gave or all those terms, that's the best they got. You need to know who God has created you to be. Faith is where you have a whole mountain full of evidence and feelings and thoughts and desires, a whole mountain of them, and God says, no, go right through those. Trust me. Faith is where you can't see it. You have to trust God and believe that god you are doing what God wants you to do. And in, in be into a missionary work. You ever have to go against a mountain of evidence and, and, and naysayers and feelings and circumstances? Oh no, you got a giant bank account and can afford everything that God throws at you, right? No. You gotta wait, you gotta see. And and that's true with all of us. So again, don't be deceived. The only way to not be deceived is to know the truth. Amen. You gotta know the truth. And we have got to immerse ourselves. We gotta know the word of God better than we know anything else. Better than you know than you know what you do for a career. Because you can be deceived in any aspect of your life, and you've constantly got your feelings, your desires, and your thoughts trying to deceive you. That is the flesh. And the armor of God, which we've gone over before, it takes care of those three things constantly. What does the world say? Oh, follow your heart, right? Follow your heart. Oh, what does college tell you? Oh. Here, logically deduct. Make two lists. Here we go. bomb, bomb, boom. And look at all of the circumstances in and, and make decisions based on that. No. We can use all of those things, but what it's got to come down to is it's got to come down to the truth. we got to know the truth. So he says, don't be deceived. If he says not to be deceived, then what's the likelihood? What, what are we actually going to probably have a chance of being if he says don't be deceived? Hey, Yeah, what what is it Steve if he says don't be deceived? What do we have a chance of being? Deceived yeah, he wouldn't say don't be deceived to people. that would be kind of like, you know uh, If you're not going to be have a chance of being deceived he wouldn't tell you not to be deceived But how many y'all know we got a really good chance of being deceived? So we've got to make decisions based off of right and wrong we got to go against our feelings. We've got to go against our thoughts. And we've got to go against um, our desires if they contradict God. Don't be deceived. Why? Because God is not mocked. If God says something is wrong, it's what? If God says it's right, it's duh. Everybody take your hand right here and give yourself a high five on the forehead. Duh, right? Not a high five face plant, right? But duh. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. If he says it's right, it's right. Hey, Tom, is it hot in here? How many of y'all say it's hot in here? Is it air just broke or something, man? Because I know if I'm hot, I love 100 degrees. And I know some of y'all, I'm starting to see the glaze on your face. I'll try to keep y'all alive. Can somebody give me a bucket of water or a squirt gun or something to keep people alive? <laughs> All right. So uh, anyways, don't be deceived. God is not going to be mocked. In fact, in Romans uh, chapter 1, in verse 16, that's where we were going to start again. We've already preached the whole message on it and and talking about the fact that that the wrath of God shows itself on all unrighteousness. Anytime somebody does something wrong, there's consequences. The wrath of God is there, but there's going to be an eternal wrath on that. So, God's not mocked just because all of society says this is okay. This is what we do. This is how you operate. There's going to be consequences. Chuck, you jump in water. What's going to happen? You get what? You get wet. Thank you. You always answer for your little brother, man. All right. You've done a lot for your life. Yeah. You, you, man, you jump in water, you get wet. Jump in fire, y'all get. Yeah, there you go. It, it, there's a cause and effect world. And, and much of the word of God says, man, do this and this will happen. Don't do this and this will happen." In fact, my favorite verse, you've heard me say a bunch of times, Matthew thirty-three. Man, whenever I don't know what to do, you got to know do what you know to do. But seek first, seek only, seek always the kingdom of God. You know what the kingdom of God is? You're my king. What do you want me to do? That's what I'm going to do. And his righteousness. That's not only knowing what he wants you to do, but that's actually doing it in his resurrection power that he's given us through faith, believing you can do it. And he says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and do his righteousness with, or have the uh, exercise of righteousness that he's put on you, you already have his righteousness. You just got to, in faith, walk in it. If you do that, he says, everything will be added unto you. Everything. What's going to be added unto you, Ashley? Everything. So if it's dude, if it's everything, it's it's everything. Are you what are you missing? Nothing. It's all solved by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's all solved. But you don't understand. No, I don't have to understand. I don't have to understand all the little nuances and situations that you're in and the, the the circumstances you have that are unique and why you can't do God's will and why you can't and why you can't, why I can't, why I can't. We all have different challenges, don't we? And we like to make justification. We like to make those gray areas and say, oh, but you don't understand. If I do this, this will happen. And if, no, he said, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything you need will be added unto you, Period. That was the culmination of what Christ preached when he was here. So he said, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Don't ever think there's not going to be consequences for going against God's design, going against God's way. Don't ever forget that, man, there's rewards for doing it his way, for walking in faith. And, and, and we'll get into that more next week in Romans chapter 1. But he says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. So you've got decisions to make. And with every decision, there is a, there's two results. There is a right decision and a wrong decision, period. Get the gray out. Get the gray out. Every once in a while, it might have a little bit of gray. But man, you know what you're going to do. Err on the side of right. Err on the side of right. Get rid of the excuses, man. Right now, I had a baseball coach. He said, every excuses like armpits. Y'all smell your armpits right now. You're cooking right now, aren't you, man? Be, be glad we're not out there. Everybody's got armpits, man, and they all stink, like excuses, right? <laughs> that's where it is. Do the right thing, that's it. That's the key on making decisions, but look at this. With every right and wrong decision, there's consequences, right? But sometimes that's, we only look at one set of consequences. Oh, if I do this, here's the consequence. If I do this, here's the consequence. If, if I were to come and I were to kick this bucket with my bare toe as hard as I could right now, what's the consequence? Well, one, I'm probably going to knock something off of here, and you're going to go, what an idiot, man. I'm not tithing into that church if that's how they treat their equipment. But it's like, uh, I, I might hurt my toe. Right? I might break some equipment. But man, that's a short-term consequence. There's a long-term consequence. We might not be able to replace this. We, my toe may be permanently broken. A lot of things happen. In other words, when you make a decision, right or wrong, there's short-term consequences and there's long-term consequences. And I'm going to throw in, according to Romans chapter 1, there's eternal consequences, which are extra-long, long-term consequences. That's what we need to look at. Because so often... We look at something. We say, "Oh, here's the consequence. Boom." How many of y'all go through long term and short term? H- how many of y'all? How many of y'all look at the short term consequence usually? Just say, "Oh, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. Boom. Let's do it." Oh, my wife wants to eat. Let's go eat La Perla at eight o'clock at night. No, there's <laughs> the short term. Con- I won't be hungry. Boom. I'm gonna be. God will use it to wake me up. But anyways, I'm, that's a whole another story. <laughs> So with every right and wrong decision, there are short-term consequences and long-term consequences. And there's actually, in the long-term, there's eternal. So help me out. The D stands for? Now help me out. And the W stands for? Wrong. Uh Uh-oh, where'd it go? The R stands for? So with every decision, there's a wrong and right decision. The S stands for? With every decision, there is a short-term consequence. The L stands for? A long term consequence. Right there, if you think about that, it will help you against every salesman in the world. <laughs> right there, it will help you against every impulse situation that you have. Man, it'll help you against anger, impulsive anger. It'll help you against impulsive anything, spending, eating. It'll help you with any addiction. This right here. So there's decisions we have to make. With every decision, there's a wrong decision or right decision. Don't, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. And whatever a man sows, that he'll also reap. There's a short-term consequence and a long-term consequence. Look at what the verse says here. Do not be, <laughs> do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. All right? Uh, this is out of New King James. It's not much different than any other versions here. But uh, whatever a man sows, okay, you're thinking, how many of y'all are thinking with a needle and thread whatever? Because we don't really talk this way. But what happened, sowing, was where you you had a, a bag of seed, you go out into the field, and you start chunking the seed in the appropriate place. You're sowing, you're planting seeds. That's what he's talking about. Gladys, if you throw watermelon, seed, you man, know, when I was a kid, I was just telling my... Somebody, my grandson, I was like, dude, we never ate watermelon without spitting the seeds in this one area. My dad told me. So when we spit seeds over in that one area and we got good spitting seeds, y'all ever get good spitting seeds? Did you ever miss and hit Chuck on accident? No, I'm just saying. But if you spit watermelon seeds out, what are you going to grow? Dude, should you be upset if you don't have squash? You're like, oh, my goodness, I have been spitting watermelon seeds here for all summer long, and now this year we're growing, I don't have squash. I don't have any pumpkins for Halloween. Well, duh, there's your face plant again. You spit watermelon seeds, what are you all going to grow? Watermelon, you spit squash seeds, what are you all going to grow? I don't know, remember spitting squash seeds, but (laughs) they're spittable. But I'm just saying, you plant petunia seeds, what are you going to grow? yeah, I've never done that. I think they grow from seeds. But I'm just saying, man, whatever you plant, that's what you're going to grow. And it's the same thing in our life. You plant unrighteousness, you do the wrong thing, you're going to get the wrong consequences. You plant the right seed, you get the right consequences. So that's where the, there's consequences. But the consequences, man, there's short-term immediate ones. And then there's long-term ones. And then I want you to take even a step further according to Romans 1 and see there's eternal consequences in all of this. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, whatever seeds he throws out, that's the plant he's going to grow. That's it. Plant what you want to grow. You, if you thought you're sowing anger seeds... What are you going to grow? Anger. Man, you're, you're, whatever seeds you want, That whatever seed, whatever you want to grow, plant those seeds. And it's just simply, if you do the right thing, you're planting the right seeds in each situation. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever man sows, that he will also reap. When we make the wrong decision, okay, so again, we have decisions to make. With every decision, there's a wrong decision and a right decision. With every right and wrong decision, there's short-term consequences and long-term consequences. Y'all with me so far? When we make the wrong decision, the short-term consequences are usually good, but the long-term consequences are always bad. So in your little diagram or take a picture or whatever, you see when you make the wrong decision, we make it so often because the short-term consequence is good. It's what we want, we can accomplish what we want, we can do this right now. So you decide, you get caught, you get caught doing something. Hey, you're, you're a boss, right Kurt? And, and you ever go and somebody did something wrong on the job and you're like, hey, you know, did you do this? And you don't have a camera or anything, you don't really, you know, but you don't have any proof. Have you ever had anybody lie to you? No, Yeah. what are you laughing for? It doesn't happen, surely it doesn't happen very often on a job site no no but it probably happens all the time yeah you ever had anybody lie to you and say no i didn't do that well the short-term consequence for lying to kurt as the boss is good because you don't get in trouble at that point but you knew they lied didn't you how many of y'all knew your mama knew everything you did even though she didn't bust you for it how many of y'all didn't find that out till you got to be a mama or a daddy right you know, how many of y'all remember lying to your mom and don't be all pious on me, but, but when you lie to somebody, okay, yeah, okay, so it's a benefit to me right now because I don't get caught, I don't get in trouble, they can't prove it, they can't do anything about it, I, 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 you know, I lied, I'm good, but what ends up happening later, the more things that happen, how many lies does someone got to tell you before you know they're a liar, pretty much one, but if they do one every day and that's their lifestyle, dude, they're a liar. And you know what's the worst thing? Not about how it works out for you, but for but for them. When we sin, you know what the greatest consequence of being of, of sinning is is that when it works, when it works, man, then we try it again, and then we try it again, and then we try it again, and we try it again. Until Satan lets us get on a high horse of living that lifestyle, and then he cuts the legs out from under us. You know, it's the best, man, when I was a youth pastor back in the day, oh, I loved it when I have a mama come in, oh, but Johnny's never done this before. <laughs> How many of y'all ever said that about your kid? <laughs> oh, they've never, he's never done that before. I'm like, yeah, he just never got caught. <laughs> Because the first time you do it wrong, are you careful or are you careless? Marley, not that you've ever done anything wrong, and you are sitting next to your mom right there, but the first time you're gonna do something that you blatantly, have you ever done anything that you blatantly know is wrong? I'm not gonna ask you to confess it right now. Your mom will later, but were you careful or careless? Huh? When you first did it, weren't you careful not to get caught? You were just like, ooh, okay. I'm going to do this so I don't get caught, right? And, and, and then it worked. It's like, whoo, man, that was much easier than doing what I was supposed to do, so you thought. But guess what? Next time you come up in that situation, it's like, hmm, I'm going to do it this wrong way again. And you're careful, and then you get care less and care less, and that's why when you get caught, it ain't the first time you did it. In fact, how many of y'all know the first time you did certain sins, the first time you violated God's principle as a believer, how many of y'all know it was scary? It was scary. Y'all thought lightning bolts were coming down, right? I mean, something's happening. You thought that, dude, and then you get away with it, and you're like, huh, well, you know what? You just keep going, and you get care less, and, and then that becomes your lifestyle. That's what Romans 1 says has happened to our world. Romans one said, God said, "Look, man, I created this world. I made you, so I can demand whatever I want out of you. And you know what I'm demanding? I'm demanding perfection. Chuck, you ever blown perfection? And God, yeah, you blown perfection. And God, I'll ask your sister, man. But he's blown perfection. All right. How about Hal? Have you ever blown perfection? All right. Not you though. We're not going to talk about it. But, but, yeah, yeah, we we blown perfection, and God demanded it. And He says." He said, "Man, there's eternal consequences for blowing perfection. You, the wages of sin, according to Romans three uh, six twenty three, the wages what you earn from blowing perfection is you earn a free trip to hell. You earn eternal death, eternal separation from God. And it's like, oh, man. And and so, how many of y'all have blown perfection? Yeah. If you didn't raise your hand, you just blew perfection because you lied. All right." But you blew perfection and, 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 and I, I, if I could, I, I would ask you to hold up your ticket to hell. Is that what you want? You want a, man, everybody's like, all right, I'm cashing this bad boy in." No. When you truly realize you have earned a free ticket to, ticket to hell, you're like, "I need a sa- I need help. I need a savior." That's where the second half of that verse comes in in Romans 6:23. But the gift of God, a free gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So it's like, how many of y'all are willing to take your free ticket to hell and cash it in and give it to Christ and let him take it and put it on the cross with him? How many of y'all would let Christ pay for that for you? Or how many of y'all are too stubborn and saying, nope, I'm going to pay for my own? And No, that's pride. That's what a lot of prideful people have a problem with salvation because, man, they don't understand. They want to do, do something. No, you take your free ticket to hell and you give it to God. There's consequences for sin, not only just the consequences in society, but there's eternal consequences, so you give that free ticket to Him. But as one person messes up and another person messes up, what happens to society? Dude, how many of y'all would say society's fairly messed up? Fairly messed up, yeah. We'll talk about it. It's not the main topic, it just... What God basically says in Romans 1, and we will look at it next week. I promise it's not a gay bashing service or anything like that. That's not the point. The point is what he says is he says, Man, you know society is so whacked when women are with women and men are with men and they lose their natural desires. That that's the epitome of society separating themselves from God. It's not natural. And you'll see, when he says it's not natural, you know what that means? You aren't born that way. What it is, is you reject God. And he says, and he goes through a whole list of sins, a whole list of things that society's guilty of when they try to be their own God and they buy Satan's lie. That's what Satan lied to to Eve at in the garden. That's what he did. You know, you'll be like God. Okay, cool, Then I don't need God. And in Romans 1, we've already been through it. God said, I'm going to reveal myself to all, everybody. Everybody will have a revelation of me. Not enough to be saved, but they'll all have a revelation. And if they pursue that revelation, I will make myself known to them for salvation. But many people, the majority of the people, because we've got a narrow path and a wide path, remember he talks about Matthew 7? He said, many will take the revelation from me and say, I don't want to be accountable to him, so I'm going to create my own God. In my own image. How had that image thing work out for you, Emily? Woo, look at that. She got her a ring. Y'all talked. I, I, I did watch that last week. On, yeah. I asked her a couple of weeks ago if she wanted an image of an of engagement ring or the real thing. And what was it? The real thing. And she, yeah, there you go. The man took immortal God in all of his glory and omniscience and omnipresence and... Uh, and in, in, um, whatever the other is, I'm missing, man, took God in all of that, in all of his glory, and said, you know what? Instead, I think I'm going to make my own God in the form of a man, a beast, a bug, or a bird. <laughs> and that's exactly what it says. We're going to worship a beast, a bug, or a bird or ourselves. And in doing that, man, what one generation tolerates, listen to this, What one generation tolerates, the next generation accepts. And so each generation that does that, bam, 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 gets further and further and further away from God. And that's what Romans says. But the solution, the good news he finally gives us in chapter 3 is, man, you can be born again and have a brand new nature to worship and serve God. Man, and, and, and that's the solution. Do you realize the only reason, if you're, how many of y'all are born again? See here. If you're born again, do you realize the only purpose you have on this planet is to share with others how they can be born again? That he's the solution to all of this madness? That's your only purpose for being here. In the different realms and circles of life that you have. That's your only purpose. We'll talk more about that next week. In fact, next week you'll be, didn't he preach on this last week? Well, this is just a little land yeah, a little extra. But, all right, so let's get back to here. Decisions, every decision, there's a wrong decision, a right decision. Every wrong or right, there's a short-term consequence and a long-term consequence. The wrong, when we make the wrong decision, we make it because we think it's good. Hey, how many of y'all ever have driven a beater car around Dude, beater, man, you're pushing it. Fred Flintstone, you got a hole in there and you're kind of like helping it start off, right? Beater car, and you're like, I'm done, I'm tired. I can't afford a new car. But dude, I know if I can go to the car dealership, I can talk them into letting me drive another car off. How many of y'all ever bought a vehicle you couldn't afford, just anybody? None of y'all, none other than me? No, (laughs) man, so imagine this, all right, I don't, Imagine you can't afford a car, right? And you go up there, they'll serve, how about a house? Man, that's why the whole market was upside down in 07, 08, 09, right? Because realtors were putting people in houses they couldn't afford, right? So I can get the, I made a bad decision. If I get into something I cannot afford, is that a right or wrong decision? It's wrong. But why do I do it? Because the short-term consequence is good. I can get into a nice house right now. I'll deal with the rest of it later. Or I can get into a car, a good car right now. Well, I got it for at least three months. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And and boom, after three months when I can't make no payments, they come and get it. (laughs) And it's repoed. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of advice. Don't call the cops when your car gets repoed because you look really stupid. (laughs) All right, just saying. But anyways... You make a wrong decision, why do you generally make the wrong decision? Because it's good right now. But the long-term consequence is wrong, it's bad. And it's not only gonna work out bad for you in the case of lying or the case of getting your car repoed, your house, you know, losing your house and all the other things, but it's bad because it becomes your lifestyle. So don't make wrong decisions just because it's good. How many of y'all would be honest and say, I've made a lot of decisions with based on what's going to be good for me right now at this point in time. Isn't that how society teaches us? Isn't that what marketing is trying to accomplish, JJ? Dude, right now, I could go through here with this heat in here, and I could prove to you your deodorant is no good. <laughs> you need some new deodorant, and I have it right here. You know? I got the perfect deodorant that'll work way better. And you're at least going to buy one stick of it to give it a shot, right? But that's what marketing does. What you have right now isn't good enough in all of this. You need something better. So, we make wrong decisions often because we think it's good right now. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Because why does a fish, why does a fish bite a lure, y'all? <laughs> is that a, hey, Eric, is that a good decision on the fish's part, to bite a, a mirror lure or not? Yeah, it's good for you, but it's a, for the fish, is it a good decision or a bad decision? A bad decision. Why did the fish bite it? Because, dude, it's swimming by, and if I don't jump on it right now, I'm going to miss it, man. I better get it while it's available. Bam! And all of a sudden, they're hooked. Next thing you know, they're in your frying pan. Or whatever, you, however you cook them, man. <laughs> but that's it. Do you not think Satan knows how to dangle the right bait in front of our face and get us to impulsively act? we got to make the decision based on right and wrong, not based on the consequences in this. So, decision, the D stands for, help me out. The S stands for, I'm, I'm going backwards now. The L stands for, okay. The W stands for, wrong. The R stands for, and when we make the wrong decision, the short-term consequence is usually, but the long-term consequence is always, yeah, check this out. I got scripture to back that up, y'all. Look at this. For the one who sows to his own flesh, all right? It, sowing to your own flesh means God wants me to do, I, I don't really care what anybody wants me to do. I know what I want to do, and I'm going to do it. Is that a wrong or a right decision, y'all? Wrong, because let me ask you a question. If you're born again, if who, who do you belong to? Yeah. Lucinda, you guys are way back there, man. Is that so I wouldn't ask you questions? Man, your seat's usually up here. Does Tom ever just do what he wants to do? No. How about you? And, and then now imagine both of you guys. You had a kid, right? A couple kids. This guy, does he ever do what just what he wants to do? Yeah, where does he get that from, you or Tom? Or both of you, yeah. Or Adam. We can go all the way back to Adam. But in that, so that's what he says. Whoever sows to the flesh. So if you're getting a decision to make and you're like, ooh, what do I want? I want this and I want it now. You know what, last night at La Perla, my wife and I both got chicken burritos, man. And we did it a little different because she ate half of hers and then she asked for some foil to wrap her other one up. We finished the first half at the same time, which is pretty phenomenal for her to keep up with me. She must have been hungry. But you know what I do with my second one? I ate it, man. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. How many of y'all remember that commercial? El Casalto? Yeah wrong to say. you know why i ate the second one i was already full i was already it was good and on top of that dude at lunch i'm laying in hammock studying i didn't want to take time to cook i go look in the cabinet and i found a can of pigeon peas that were in uh coconut milk and i'm like dude that ought to be good i popped the lid and sucked down that whole thing of peas beans and then i ate la perla you're like dude you sure that was god waking you up last night <laughs> Why did I do that? Because I wanted to. Why did I eat the second half? Because I wanted to. And, and so, if you sow according to the flesh, you reap corruption. And corruption, it's, it's the term we get rust from, it's the term we get something that spoils or perishes from. You leave food out. You know, you, 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 how many of y'all put food in the refrigerator after you're done with dinner? Yeah, you don't just leave it out for people to graze on, Julia. You don't? What, hap- what would happen three days later people are grazing on your chili or something like that that's never been refrigerated? What would happen? Okay, covered in it. Well, you're going to let that bother you? You're not bigger than ants. You scrape them off the top. Come on, man. What? First world problems, man. But, but yeah, so it spoils after a while. But if you left it out for a couple hours, would it be okay? Yeah. And then maybe three hours, maybe even next morning, dude. I've been known to make a chili burrito the next morning, but I'm just saying. But, but, but literally what I'm saying is after a little bit, it's going to spoil. That's what this word means. And in fact, in Ecclesiastes, here's what uh, Solomon said. He said, because consequences don't come upon men expediently, meaning the minute we sin, we don't get consequences, he says, men continue to sin. Men continue to sin because it doesn't happen instantly. But that's what he says. You sow to the flesh. It might work out right now, that lie. Woo! All the employees go back. Oh, no, did you get fired? No, dude, I lied, man, and he, he didn't have any proof. We're good. <laughs> you know, it worked out for that little period of time. But after a while, man, it, you reap corruption. The long-term consequence is bad. Do you think our society has gotten the way it is right now overnight? How many of y'all know, you've seen some changes since you were growing up? Yeah, some changes. And not for the better. Society is being degraded in what's going on. And we'll talk more about that next week. And it's not going to be a a whole bashing whatever. What it's hopefully is going to do is encourage you to share the gospel, to know that you have the only cure to this disease. But society's going, how how many of y'all have seen it even go down the last couple of years? Exponentially. Yeah, here's what happens, man. People make decisions based on what they want right now as opposed to right and wrong. Short-term consequence is okay, but long-term consequence is bad. So look at this next part. When we make the right decision, the short-term consequences are usually bad. That's why we don't. You ever been in a position where you have to stand up for Christ in an awkward situation? And you don't, and later you kick yourself, like, why didn't I, why didn't I, why didn't I? Why didn't you? Because, well, you're scared to. <laughs> it might not have been very favorable for you in that group or in that situation, but why did God even put you in that position? So you would. And I'm not just talking about that, but I'm talking about why didn't you do the right thing when you're in the midst of people all doing the wrong thing? Why didn't you do the right thing? Because it's hard. Usually the short-term consequence is bad, so that's why, that's why peer pressure is so powerful. Because it's hard to do the right thing, especially when you're the only one. But when you realize you represent God and you know your identity in Christ, it doesn't matter who's against us if Christ is for us. Amen? Yeah. We stand. Hey, so when you get to heaven and, and, and you're in heaven and you're with big God, however he ex, reveals himself, man, if you had him right there with you, would you be scared right now to do the right thing if he was standing right next to you? No. Our image of God is very small often. That's why our theology, we've created a man-centered theology where it's all about, oh, well, God can fix this. Well, God can fix this. Oh, I'm going to give this to God, and he's going to work this out. No, dude, that's not what our theology is. It's not about us. It's about God. If you realize how big and how awesome God is, is there anything too big for God? Man. I remember a little VBS song. You remember, you sing with me? My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing. See why I don't sing? (laughs) Man, my God is so big. My God is so strong. My God is so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Man, you you believe that. It's like, man, if he's there, if we truly understand how big, and that's what our theology is, is realizing how big and how awesome and how mighty God is and that we work for him that's our job we work for him he's got us covered he's taking care of everything but we just have to follow his orders and do what he wants but often we don't because we think it's going to work out better in the short run if we do the wrong thing when we make the right decision the short-term consequences are usually bad but the long-term consequences are always good seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and what Everything he needs added to you, man. That's good. That's going to happen. May not happen until you get to heaven. But, dude, how long are you going to be in heaven? How, how long are you going to be in heaven, bro? Forever, dude. Is that long? How, how old are you right now? Do you mind me asking? Chuck, how old is he, man? Huh? 70. That, dude, you're right. Did, did you grow up with Gary? No, I'm just messing with you. No. But uh, 70. That seems like a long time, right? But compared to eternity, that's nothing, bro. Right? It's nothing. Man, it, it, do the right thing. Conce- man, the long-term consequence, even if you don't realize the consequences till heaven, you're going to have those con- the results of them forever, the reward from them forever. So check this out on our little graph, all right? This is what I want you to take a picture of. This is what I want you to make your decisions, based on. Next decision of what you're going What am I going to order for lunch? <laughs> am I going to do 25 on the drive? Am I going to, what are your ne, what's your next decisions that you have to make? So I want you all to get this right now. The D stands for, the W stands for, the R stands for, the S stands for, and the L stands for, now here's the kicker. When you make the wrong decision, the short term consequence is usually what? But the long term consequence, man. When you make the right decision, the short term consequences usually but the long term consequences So you know what? You know when I get to see people usually as a pastor? I, I get to see them after they have been making a lot of wrong decisions and they want to turn over a new leaf. So you know what that means? That means they've been, they, they, they experienced all the good short term consequences. Now they're dealing with all of the bad long term consequences. Hey, which lasts longer, short term or long term or consequences? Yeah, so now you got all the bad long-terms you were counting on, all right? And now they decide they're going to go ahead and do the right thing. And so you've got the bad long-term consequences, right? They don't go away, but as soon as you start doing the right thing, what happens? Your short-term consequences are what? Bad. That's a hard place to be, isn't it? Check this out. Uh, oh, this is the scripture that goes, he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit... Will of the Spirit reap everlasting life? There's the good long-term decision. Sorry, I messed that up there. But check this out here. The toughest time in life is when we decide to make the right decisions after making a bunch of wrong ones. That's what I was just showing you. But I want to encourage you to hang in there. You see that? When you now are suffering from all your bad consequences, now you start doing it right and you have bad short-term, that's a tough place to be. But here's the encouragement for you. Look what Paul closes us up. He said, let us not grow weary. Don't grow tired while doing good. In other words, don't quit doing the right thing. Because man, you got all those long-term bad consequences. Now you're, you're getting bad short-term consequences. I want you to know it's only temporary. He said, let us don't, don't grow weary while doing the good thing in due season. And who, who gets to pick when that season is, y'all? God does, and and God is perfect always. He knows everything. He can do anything, and he's everywhere. And so in due season, when God thinks you've learned the lesson, when God has taught you what he wants to teach you, when God has shown you what he wants to show you, and everybody else who's watching, when God has done, accomplished everything he needs to accomplish, and in due season, he says, we will reap a good crop. That's what it's insinuating. We will reap. If we don't, what? Don't give up, man. Don't give up. That's the tough time right there. So, man, again, I'm not sure we have left on this right now. So make decisions based on right and wrong as opposed to potential consequences. And in reality, isn't that how the world teaches us to make decisions based on consequences? Well, if you do this, it's going to happen. Well, if you do that, idiot, you know that's going to happen. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But the point is, we don't make decisions based on those consequences. We make them based on right and wrong. And somebody here needs to hear this besides me today. Somebody needs this diagram. I don't know where you're at on this whole chart. Maybe you're at a point where maybe you are turning over a new leaf. Maybe right now, man, this whole thing is bad. Hold on. God promises it's going to get better. Maybe you've been making the right decision and you're suffering bad consequences for it. You're, you're saying, man, this isn't worth it. Man, this isn't worth it. I'm encouraging you, it is worth it. Even if you don't have payday until eternity, eternity is going to be a beautiful payday. It will be worth it, he promises us. Maybe you're toying with the wrong, consequ- the wrong decisions now. You know what? There's just I know what I need to do. Pastor, you don't understand. We just can't do it. I can't do it. It's not going to be possible. God wouldn't ask you to do with it. It wasn't possible. He wants the impossible so that when it works out, he gets the credit and he gets the glory in it. But you got to make decisions based on what's right and what's wrong. Is that it, JJ? Uh, on that. The greatest decision that you will ever make is to surrender your life to Christ. Amen. That's the greatest decision. Right now, if you haven't, it's the wrong decision. And maybe you made the wrong decision because, well, you know what, I just wanna be the boss of my life. But I want you to think about eternity. I want you to think about one day when you die, you're going to heaven, you're going to hell, and it's not based on your good works. I already told you, you blew for perfection. What you need to do is you've earned a free trip to hell And God wants you to hold that ticket up and He wants you to give it to Christ being Christ wants to take it. But if you're so proud that either you don't believe that or you want to somehow work it out yourself, I want you to know that there's bad, eternal consequences to that wrong decision. But what a beautiful consequence there is when you do give Him that ticket. How many of y'all have given Him the ticket? How many of y'all would raise your hand and say it was the worst thing I ever did? Oh gosh, no! That pastor's trying to talk you into something, man. You'll be sorry for. You're going to be stuck in it for life, and it's horrible. Anybody here would say I wish I would never did it. How many of y'all would say I wish you did? I wish I did it sooner. Brandon, really, you wish you did it sooner, man? A lot sooner. Me too, brother. Yeah. So if you have the desire, you believe you got that ticket. That's what the word of God says. You believe you got it and you have the desire to give it to Christ. Give it to him right now. You can make a difference in the society as we'll see next week. You know, we're not going to save a country. There's no such thing as 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 a Christian country. There's no such thing as a Christian business. There's not even such thing as a Christian family. According to scripture, there's a Christian. And each Christian that walks in the spirit is salt and light to the darkness and the unflavored, the nasty flavor the world has to offer. So man, by making decisions based on right and wrong, you're salt. So I don't care if everybody around you is nasty like rotten food, man. Dude, you put salt on this chair and eat the chair, what's it gonna taste like, Gladys? It's gonna taste like salt, right? Man, you put, you put salt on, on anything It's gonna taste salty, you're salt. Go change the flavor of whatever situation God's got you in. Your light. Man, the tiniest light can't be hidden from the greatest darkness. Take whatever light God's given you. And you know how you shine your light? You shine it by doing the right thing, especially when it's not comfortable, when it's not popular, when it doesn't seem like it's going to work out. You do it because you trust God. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank You for loving us. Father, thanks to you for giving us this. Father, I pray that even though some people here may know this by heart, Father, um, I I pray we would take it to heart. I pray each of us would take it to heart, and we would really not just get suckered into making decisions like a fish chasing a lure. (laughs) As as I was popping a topwater lure across the water the other day, I was thinking how ridiculous that a fish would bite that (laughs) with all the rattles and the flash and the zigzagging. And then you reminded uh, me of all the things we bite into just out of impulse, because we don't think. Father, I pray we would seek first, seek only, seek always the kingdom of God and your righteousness. And you would save us from biting into bad lures, making bad decisions.